ESPN San Antonio. We welcome into the program R.J. Ochoa. R.J., before we talk Cowboys in Carolina, I, I, I just need your opinion. <laughs> Do you really give a flying rip Tom Brady is going back to New England to, to, uh, to face the New England Patriots? Man, I'm so happy you asked. I am honest. I'm not stunned. I'm disappointed that this has gotten the attention it has. I understand it. Uh, but man, there like it would be far more interesting if the Patriots were good. But like, what are we expecting? Like, Tampa's going to go drop fifty on them. This isn't going to be a competitive game at all. Yeah, and, and that's what I was saying. I said, you know, it's not going to change my mind on what I think about Belichick as a coach, and it's not going to change my mind what I think about Brady as a quarterback. So, you know, it's a football game. Go play, get it over with, and let's stop talking about it. I very much agree with that. Uh, it will be nice when it's over. I will say uh, I do tip my hat to whoever uh, from the NFL schedule-making department planned this game when it did because Tom Brady is going to become the NFL's all-time leading passer in this game. He'll need 68 yards to do so. <laughs> so the fact that he'll do it against New England uh, on Sunday Night Football, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's always great when a plan comes together, and it really did for that particular person. Yeah, and they'll have to stop the, the game and maybe give him a game ball and – let the, the New England crowd recognize him. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, never mind. All right, uh, let's, let's talk about – everybody's looking at me like, you know. But it, it really is a, a, a football game that, that the Bucks should go win and win handily, shouldn't they? I really don't see how that doesn't happen. I mean, they're just so much more talented. They're one of the best teams in the NFL. I know they lost last week. Uh, New England still struggling, which which is nice to see from a Cowboys perspective. You know, that was a game uh, that I was kind of willing to concede to being a coin flip this year for the Cowboys. You know, I think we've all kind of thought, okay, you know, Bill Belichick and the Patriots have needed some time to kind of get their footing underneath them with Tom Brady leaving last year. But uh, it's it's possible that they're just not a good football team despite having the greatest coach who ever lived on their sideline. Hey, so what do you think? Let's, uh, let's get into the Cowboy Carolina thing. What, just an overall assessment of Matt Rule's football team. You know, um, I uh, on one of our shows uh, on the Espionation NFL show after week one when they beat the Jets, I called him a coward uh, because he punted from the Jets, I believe, 39-yard line, 38-yard line maybe. Uh, and I just can't support that in, in any, you know, whether you're uh, tall, short, red, blue, you know, drums or flats, I, uh, I can't get on board with that, that philosophy. And I think that, you know, it, it's, this is an important year for Matt Rule. He was a really hyped-up candidate last year. Obviously, a lot of Cowboys fans wanted him to be their team's head coach. And I, we just haven't seen that. You know, I think, you know, the story of the Panthers isn't even Matt Rule. It's Joe Brady. That's who everybody thinks is the genius there. Um, so I, I think he's really in need of a signature win, so to speak. I know it's super early in his career, but they're 3-0 and with wins against the Jets, the Saints, and the Texans. And so um, I also want to see how they continue to handle adversity without Christian McCaffrey. You could say he's been dealt a raw hand. Uh, with that happening to him over the course of the last, you know, now two seasons. But I, I'm, I'm tempted. He's, he's room temp water to me right now. But, you know, in the middle of the night, that's what I want more than anything. Is this defense as good for the Carolina Panthers as advertised, or are they just the recipient of having a weak schedule? I think it's both. Um, and I think that that can be true. Um, as an example, Football Outsiders tracks that um, they have a, a measurement that, that you know measures efficiency uh, in every you know sort of facet of the game that weeds out you know quality of competition uh, called DVOA. And the Carolina Panthers are first in the NFL, and so that certainly bodes well. I think there's 
more than meets the eye, so to speak, but they, they haven't been tested, you know, and that game, you know, against the Texans was a little competitive early on uh, before they kind of ran away with it. And I think they've just been in positions to do that, to kind of just not necessarily, you know, put things in cruise control, but not really have to throttle any gas. And I think that this is a very different game for them. This is the best offense that they'll have come against, which obviously, you know, is the biggest test for their defense, but the biggest test for their offense too. They, they haven't had to go shot for shot with anybody else. And, I think their defense will have some successes against Dallas, but they'll also lose. And I don't know that Sam Donald can put up 21 points in a single half. And, and those are the kinds of things that limit different teams in the NFL. Speaking of defense, let's talk a little bit about the Cowboys defense. And and, and, and we'll get to Micah Parsons, and, and rightfully so. But I want you to talk a little bit about Trayvon Dix. I'm of the opinion that he is playing with a far greater confidence than than last year is is that a, is that a right read or, or am I missing something I think that there's there's substance to that read I don't think you're totally out of left field here I think that the the pass rush is helping him right like that's something that wasn't really a factor last year and you know obviously from a numerical standpoint what he's done is really impressive three interceptions this season matching his season total last year which which led the team by the way uh in the pick six on Monday night and, and he's older, he's a veteran, he's experienced, and he's had a, a tried-and-true offseason, right? And I think that's a really interesting factor for all of the players in the class of 2020, that they, they had an offseason that wasn't the first COVID one. Uh, so they've had a training camp and, and time to catch up to kind of the intellectual side of the NFL. And I think that we're seeing that whole package really come together for Trayvon. And I, I do certainly agree. There's a swagger, there's a confidence because he's a baller. I mean, he, he has a high level of athleticism that he's able to, you know, write checks and cash. And that hasn't been the case for a lot of defenders on the Cowboys in a very long time. And, you know, it, defense is such a, 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 you know, the sum is greater than your parts. I always butcher that phrase. Uh, but I, I think that the, the overall sum of what they have is higher. Their floor is higher, which allows for these moments to really kind of take hold and prosper. Plus, I think that Dan Quinn, you know, has a high level of success with defensive backs in his career. And so I think that all of those things are working in the benefit of Trayvon Diggs, which is really fun to see so far. RJ, you know that I've been critical of the offense and how it's being called, but, but is Kellen Moore coming to his own? Does it look like he's more comfortable in his own skin and he's being able to think ahead a couple of series and be able to set some things up more than he ever has in the last couple of ballgames? I really think so. Uh, Kellen is, is unique. You know, I think, um, you know, like when you think about like a 90s sitcom, there's like, there's the cool guy. And then there's the, like the nerd who like is not popular, but he's like super smart. Kellen is the nerd. Who's like good looking, you know, who's like, uh, you know, talented and athletically, like he has it all. And like the world is starting to realize that. And the Cowboys believed in him for a very long time, much to my own criticism. I really thought it was silly the way they kept him along their roster, even back in 2017. Um, but I, I think the reason, you know, is, is Kellen is unafraid to take the low-hanging fruit. And, you know, you hear that phrase like so often in life and you think of it as such a negative thing. But Kellen, my favorite thing that any Cowboys coach has said over the last decade is what he said two weeks ago when he said their disposition is to aggressively attack what defenses give them. Nick Sirianni in all his T-shirt wearing glory said on Monday night in his post-game press conference that the Cowboys did an incredible job of attacking what they gave them defensively. And I think Kellen Moore just understands, like, what's the path of least resistance? Because we're talented in every direction. So whatever you want to take away, I'm fine with that. And I think that Kellen is humble enough uh, to not try to, you know, push or 
uh, force any particular idea or a schematic advantage. He's just all about, you know, what's the quickest and easiest and most efficient way to score, and that's what we're ultimately going to do. All right, a uh, question from our CNC Collision Center text line at 254-662-1660. It says, if they beat the Cowboys, they, Carolina, if they beat the Cowboys, would that be a signature win? And then he, he went on to say the Cowboys haven't beaten anybody worth a fill-in-the-blank. And, and I disagree with that. I think the I certainly think the Chargers are a good football team. But anyway, the question at hand, uh, did they? does the win – if Carolina wins the football game, is that the Matt Rule signature win you're talking about? I certainly think so. But I think that that is true, particularly and specifically for Matt Rule. Um, obviously, uh, we don't have to talk about any Big 12 championships uh, that took place in this particular building. And I think that that would be big, right? Like up against C.D. Lamb specifically, right? You know, there's, there's a lot of uh, skeletons in this exact closet. Uh, this exact locker room, so to speak, for Matt Rule. And so come back to Texas, I think, and sweeping Texas, you know, like the narrative of it would be just so juicy uh, for anybody to kind of say Matt Rule has arrived. He swept his, his home state team, not home state team, but but obviously state he most recently uh, worked in professionally. And so I, and I also think that when you look at the Panthers schedule, I do think that they are ripe for a huge kind of coast. After the Cowboys, they get the Philadelphia Eagles, who are, as we learned on Monday Night Trash, uh, after that, they get the Minnesota Vikings, which is a little bit tough. But after that, they're at the New York Giants, at the Atlanta Falcons, and then they get the New England Patriots, who, as we already mentioned, are kind of a shell of their former selves. So I don't think it's like out of this world to say that the Panthers could be 7-1, and 8-0, and 8-1. I mean, that is really possible here. And so and I think people will look back on this game if they do win it and say, well, you know what, they were starting you know, to kind of pick up some steam. They lost Christian McCaffrey, and all Matt Rule did was buckle down and get to work and look at the Panthers. They're the real threat in the NFC South, and people will think that the Buccaneers are in trouble. With this offense, how quickly do they need to get established in this game against Carolina? Because Carolina is living on emotion right now, and – and playing very well defensively, is it important for them to establish the run game early and just kind of make their will go against them? You know, I think it's if you want to win, obviously, I, I think it's important to kind of drown them out because, to your point, I, I think that that could end the game early, and I think that that's what happened to Philadelphia. You know, Dallas goes down and very quickly covers all that ground with Dak Vecidi, and they're on the board 7 nothing. And I know that the – uh, the whoops-a-daisy, you know, fumble, strip sack, touchdown happens for the Eagles very quickly after that. But the Cowboys just were scoring, not at will, but but at a rate that Philadelphia just couldn't keep up with. And I think that that will be similar for Carolina. I think if the Panthers are going to win this game, it's because, it's going to be because they force some turnovers. They give themselves some short fields. They're able to put some points on the board because if the Cowboys don't score early in this game, we know that they have the potential to score much later on. And so if you're the Panthers, you kind of just have to build a mountain and then hope that the Cowboys can climb it. You hope that they run out of time. I do think that this game will be for the Cowboys, at least, or their offensive game plan, at least, will be a lot like it was against Tampa, just because that front seven of Carolina is so stout. So the Cowboys will let Dak Prescott pick them apart. That quick release, he had one of the fastest releases in the NFL in week one, and I think we'll see something similar on Sunday. Talking with uh, talking with R.J. Ochoa, blogging the boys in ESPN San Antonio. All right, with all that said, R.J., how does this one turn out? I think the Cowboys do drown them out, and I think that, you know, they there, there's no reason to believe the Cowboys aren't 5-1 and one at the bye. I mentioned future schedules. 
after the Panthers on Sunday, they get the New York Giants, who might be the worst team in the NFL next Sunday. Uh, and after that, they visit the New England Patriots, which doesn't look as intimidating as it used to. So I think they're 5-1, and one, and I think that people are starting to get really excited. I mean, that's the time of year where, you know, the, the clock changes and, you know, we all got to start breaking out our windbreakers and things like that. So I think, uh, I think life is rosy if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan. I think, you know, get a, get a nice kind of uh, squash or, you know, sweet potato pie, you know, <laughs> soup re- re- recipe because, like, that, that's what this, this, this – everything tastes better when the Cowboys are good. You know, I think you want like a nice – you want to put something in the oven, you know, pretty soon for these Cowboys wins because it's going to start to feel good. <laughs> hey, what are you working – besides that squash pie, what are you working on for, <laughs> for blogging the boys right now? My wife will kill me if I make a squash pie. But uh, anyway, um, you know, we, uh, we've got our preview video on our, our YouTube channel coming out tomorrow. We always speak with somebody who covers the opposing team. Just a really interesting contest. Like I said, I, I kind of think that the Panthers are a little bit of paper tigers, but they are undefeated. And so in that sense, it is a big game for the Cowboys. They did a great job of kind of answering the call. We knew that the Eagles weren't a great team, but, you know, you want to see if you're a great team, your team go out there and destroy them. And the Cowboys did that. And so, okay, Cowboys, you know, we know that you're a good team. We don't believe in the Panthers, so go put them in their place and announce themselves. And we've kind of taken that disposition, and so we're, uh, we're ready to get this thing going on Sunday afternoon. RJ, as always, it's a pleasure. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good weekend. Talk to